This is gonna make a lot of people sad and probably some happy, but I can't worry about that now. I quit. Fine, call me a quitter. I don't care. I just can't do this anymore. I've changed. You're not to blame. I'm just not the same person you knew before. So, not to be rude at all, but I'm done trying to live up to your expectations and down to them. Basically, I quit being bound to them. I quit following everyone's opinion of what's right for me. I quit holding myself back, living emotionally trapped and not being who I'd like to be. I quit being loyal to these negative thoughts that have never been useful. I quit letting the guilt of my past get in my path and deprive me of a beautiful future. Are you ready to fill your soul with the sustenance it needs? Look no further. Bishop Joshua Fonseca's Soul Food Podcast. You can listen anytime to these engaging messages of faith. From testimonies and real life stories to musical entertainment, is here to satisfy your spiritual hunger. Tune in today for a journey of hope, strength, and truth, and be uplifted with each episode wherever you are. Don't let your soul go hungry. It's time for some soul food. I quit letting people who have proven it, they don't really care about me, get to me. I quit hanging out with friends who on most days I couldn't tell you if they're friends or enemies draining my energy. I quit letting society's expectations and timetables pressure me, direct my destiny and stress me. I quit forgiving everyone else in the whole world except me. I quit wanting the cool kids to accept me. I quit not saying what's on my mind at important times, letting fear come near and suppress me. I quit being so emotionally tied to the likes and shares of people I barely know online. I quit self-doubt and self-sabotage. I quit being a screw-up and a gonna-doer. I quit sleepwalking through life instead of living my dreams. I quit waiting for ducks to line up instead of spreading my wings. I quit not giving 100%. I quit dimming my light so that others won't have to squint. I quit peer pressure and people-pleasing. I quit the prison of perfection. I quit the fear of failure and the fear of success. I quit hesitation, desperation, expectations, devastations. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. And no, I don't have a two-week notice, so please accept this as my letter of resignation. I know it seems sudden, but trust me, it has been a long time coming. But now, my time here's up. Oh, but don't worry. I'm grateful for the experience And I have an amazing new life lined up. I quit. Forget about the things that are behind you and move forward. What you want is ahead of you. Faith moves you forward, but doubts bring you down. God wants you to move forward in life. He does not want you to be stuck in the same problem and situation. Move forward. What God has is ahead and not behind you. Continue to listen to Soul Food. We have a story coming up next to share with you. So I said, that's how I'm going to do it. I rigged my cell 
so that way it could stay unlocked. And I remember the day like it was yesterday. Everybody was out for breakfast and they were moving around, going in the line, going to get their food. And when everybody uh, went back in their cells, it's time for it to close. But my cell was rigged a certain way. So that way it will close but won't lock. And then when the officer made his last rounds, I was gonna leave out and hang myself. I had everything ready, prepared. I was sitting on my bunk and I started just contemplating it, seeing it in my head. There was something inside was just like not convinced. I didn't even have nothing on my mind. I just felt inside like there has to be another way. I don't even know where that came from at the time. Man, but I promise. The moment I said that, I heard the voice of God in my cell said, try me. Life before Jesus, I would probably say that in maybe two words, I would say not Jesus. <laughs> um, I say that because growing up in Washington, D.C., the neighborhood, it was called Paradise, right? <laughs> Funny name to name a project neighborhood called Paradise. Growing up in that neighborhood, you have a lot of crime, violence, drugs, um, no gangs. Like in D.C., it's more like neighborhoods. So like whatever neighborhood or street you was from, that was kind of like your your thing, what you represented. But it still come with the same, you know, nonsense, the same drama, the same vicious mentality, crabs in a basket, right? Um, I had my mom, my dad, my two sisters, um, and we actually went to church, though. But... It's funny, the reason why I say, like, not not Jesus, because we went to church, but I knew nothing about Jesus. Like, nothing. Um, my mom played Kirk Franklin <laughs> a lot. And it was weird because I remember one time he had this nice song, and I liked it a lot, that when I was, like, preparing drugs and stuff to sell on the corners, I was like, I want to hear that song. So I was, like, bagging drugs to Kirk Franklin. <laughs> so... It was really confusing to know, like, okay, my parents are in church. We're going to church as a young age, but I don't know what to do with this life. I didn't even consider it a lifestyle. It was just like, you go to church. Church is in your neighborhood, right? This is where people go when they want to feel better and get ready for the week. That's what I thought church was. I didn't have a desire for God, a desire for church. I didn't have a desire for anything spiritual. All I knew was when I come outside, it's hundreds of people in my neighborhood because I'm from a project. The difference between projects and different streets is that you have even gates that surround you, that enclose you in, right? Or there's different buildings that make up like one neighborhood. So it's not like streets with cars passing by. It's like everybody that lives here, come outside. So it can be 200 people outside at, at one given time. So I knew when I come outside, that's what I see. I see money. I see nice cars. I see clothes, fancy clothes. I also see just the like people quote unquote loving each other and being family. Because in my house, the structure for family wasn't as strong as now I know it could have been. Right. So when I go outside, they happy to see you outside. It's nothing like being in a house, getting ready, like maybe brushing your teeth. And then you get a knock on the door and it's your friends like you coming outside. They already beat you outside like that feels good that somebody want to hang with you. Right. That's what I kind of gravitated to, because in my house we had struggles. We had struggles. My dad was the only one working. My mom has complications. Right. So she couldn't work a lot. 
Um, she have hearing complications, so she couldn't get certain jobs. Me and my sisters, we're around the same age. We're young. So, of course, we're not working. My dad was struggling. It was a lot. I actually look back now and I honor him for the hard work that he had to put in. But back then as a kid, you just look at it like you don't have nothing. And you look at your parents like they're not doing anything for you. You see other kids and we all live in the same community, right? But why do they have and I don't have? So in my house, nobody really cared for each other that much or showed that they did, right? It was always about my dad trying to survive, my mom trying to be content with her situation, my sisters trying to make it out here as females, and me, now I'm in the streets. And that's how I lived my life growing up. I began, you know, doing street things around 12 years old. I started selling drugs at 12. I remember a time when I went to someone's house and he literally sold the drugs to me at 12 and thought nothing of it. And from that day moving forward, I was a drug dealer and people would literally buy drugs from me. Adults, people, moms. It was some of my friends, parents who would buy drugs from me. Some of them knew, some of them didn't know. So when that would happen, I didn't feel like power, but I felt like, like, man, I can take this and build upon it and, and have something of my own. Cause when you grow up in an environment that's like kind of rocky and shaky, you want something for yourself. You want something you can call your own. You want something that nobody can take from you, that you can make for yourself and survive. So I thought that being a drug dealer, right, was like I was going to make a name for myself. Because in D.C., you got all these big drug dealers, right? I mean, you can turn on YouTube and just type in drug dealers from D.C. and you see all types of drug dealers. And I thought in my mind that one day I will be someone that somebody look up to or look up and see his lifestyle. Could Because that's how I felt. It's weird when you can feel like you're good at doing something bad. Like you're good at it. And lo and behold, living that lifestyle for what I would say from 12 to 22. 10 years straight. It, it caught up to me. Right? I tried to do as much as I can to make a name for myself. I had all of my friends. I literally taught them, like, how to sell drugs, right? I remember one time I went on my to my best friend's window. Um, he lived on the first floor. And I had to, like, reach my hand up through the, like, black gate on the window because it's, like, got black gates on it. Because on, in the projects and when you're in a bad neighborhood, those gates are there because, like, you're in a bad neighborhood, and somebody can just climb in through your window, right? Um, so they put those black steel gates around your window. So I had to stick my hand through there and kind of tap on his window. And I was like, hey, you trying to make some money. I'm selling drugs now. Like, get, come with me. And I bought him on a team and all my other friends, and we selling drugs. But with selling drugs, you got to now protect what's yours because you got other people that don't like what you're doing. You got other people that's looking at you, seeing you one way down, and now you got money, and they like, they want to take what you have. So we had to stop carrying guns. So I was carrying a gun from 12 years old. A 12-year-old carrying a gun around. I'm sneaking guns in school. I'm riding with guns on the bus. Like, at 12 years old. I can't imagine now, at 12, like, seeing a 12-year-old walking to see him, and he has a gun on him. I couldn't imagine that, but that's what I was doing, trying to protect what was mine. And when you're carrying guns... You even get locked up with it or you have to use it. And in my case, it was a situation where I used it.
I used a gun to take somebody's life at 22 years old. I look back now and I regret that situation with everything that, that I have in me. I see so many ways it could have went, but it happened. I understand now that everybody has a decision to make. You're not forced to do anything, you know. In those times and in those moments where you feel like, I just have to do this. I wish somebody would have told me. No, you don't. No, you don't. There's always options, right? There's always options. Depending on your environment, it'll speak to you and tell you, like, how to think, how to react. And back then, I didn't choose the right environment to be around. And it led me to taking someone's life. You are listening to Soul Food with Bishop Joshua. We'll be right back. If you have been enjoying this podcast, share it with a friend or family member. From here in New York City to all over America, from coast to coast, wherever you may be, stay with me because today is your day. I'm not talking about your birthday, but I am talking about your day of victory, your day for you to overcome your problems. For now, I know the problems are over you. That's why you feel so overwhelmed by the problems. The problems are overwhelming you. They are defeating you. They are trampling upon you. In a few, here I'm going to show to you how to overcome what overcomes you. How to defeat what is defeating you. Stay tuned because I have the recipe and I'm going to pray in a few. Oh, it hurts the most Cause I don't know the cause Maybe I shouldn't have cried When you left and told me not to wait I feel like no one loves me Never want me It's always been me I always feel like my voice isn't heard I feel like I'm drowning 
and no one could help me. Is life worth living? But now, if you suffer from paranormal activities, you are not going crazy. No, you are not going crazy. Something is going on. You are in a spiritual warfare. You are under spiritual attacks. If you need help, we are here for you. You can call us. You can count on us. The helpline is available. You are not going to leave a message. We have men, women of God to take your call. Give us a call today at 1-888-332-4141. Our helpline is available 24 hours a day for you to receive one-on-one counseling and prayer. You feel overwhelmed by the problems. The problems that you have overwhelm you. It seems like your hands are full. Bad news that you have received from your doctor, prime doctor, physician, from the family, from your son that was arrested. Something that happened, this whole situation makes you overwhelmed. However, the Lord Jesus Christ said, this is the recipe. This is what I have, the word I have for you. Let us read it together. I give you the authority. He said, I give you the authority. I know you are overwhelmed and many others. You are overwhelmed. However, he said, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Serpents and scorpions, which means uh, this evil that is surrounding your life and over all the power of the enemy, the power of the devil. And he said, and nothing shall by no any means, by any means hurt you. Which means what is overwhelming you, you are going to be able to overwhelm, to overcome. Defeat what is defeating you. All right? When no one gives you the light of day, or even to hear your voice becomes a burden, prayer is a way to get the hope and strength you need to overcome your troubles. Please close your eyes. It's time for prayer. The Bible. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, this person is overwhelmed by so many problems. Their finances, their family, love life, their health. Holy Spirit, in this prayer, I pray for everybody. Restore this person that is giving up because she has been through a lot. A lot of problems, complications. She cannot sleep, rest well. Oh Lord, hear our voice. Because you said, where two or three comes together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. No Lord, I am not alone. There is this person out there watching me. So touch lives. So Lord, change lives right now. 
Change Holy Spirit lives and let this person be transformed in your holy name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. Stay tuned tomorrow for more. Make sure to turn on your notifications and share this food with others. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation. Let all my trials come to only make me strong. You see, I've been a lot of places, and I've seen millions of faces. Oh, but yet there were times. When I felt like I was all alone But in my lonely hour It became a precious lonely hour But Jesus reminded me That I was his very own He told me to tell you Through it all Jesus, I've learned to trust in God.